0: All right, all right. Check Jesus. Check Jesus. You can hear me? Amen. How you guys doing today? Good. Hey, it is a pleasure to see you all here today, as always. Standing in for Pastor Marvin today. Um, he'll be back in the pulpit, Lord willing, next Sunday. Amen. And so I know that you guys are looking uh, probably very forward to that. And so... Um, He is doing fine. I spoke with him this morning on the phone, actually. And um, he's ready to get back back at it tomorrow. Amen. So, thank you, he said, for your prayers. He really appreciated that, him and his wife. And so, a lot of people out there need our prayers, though, so please continue for that. Today, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Now, I know last week, we was also in... Luke chapter 2 with the Christmas story. Last week it was all about, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so we're going to be a little bit past that today. This is actually pretty much the following passage. I actually spoke just a second about it last week when I said something about Mary and Joseph leaving, running off and leaving uh, Jesus. And... Um, we have just a little snapshot of him while he was uh, basically in between him being a little babe in the manger versus when he burst on the scene in his ministry at about 29 or 30. We have one little snapshot of him about 12 years old. And so today, that's kind of where we're going to be at. But, and so we had here, we had him in the manger... The uh, next thing that happens just after that, I'm going to read it in Luke 21-24, through 24, and then we're going to get to the main passage after that. But it says, And when eight days had passed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the, in the womb. 22. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so here, following the birth of a son, the mother had to wait 40 days before going to the temple to offer sacrifice for her purification. So after the dedication of the firstborn to the Lord at the temple, we come to our text here in verses 41 through 49. Now yes, we just jumped ahead 12 years. Please, out of reverence to God, let's stand for the reading of His Word. Verses 41 through 49. Nine. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents was unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan and when a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, "'Son,' Why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. 49. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Oh God, we just ask you today just to speak to our hearts, God. We're excited to be here. We came to hear a word from you. So God just... Reveal yourselves to us today. Speak to us. Show us things. Tell us things. God, just reveal Yourself to us here today. And God, I pray that I get out of Your way so that You can just speak through me today. So I'm asking You, Jesus, to please preach this message. For apart from You, I can do nothing. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Forty-one. Now, his parents began to Jerusalem. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. You see, according to the law, adult males were required um, to attend the three major feasts. Um, There was the feast of Pentecost, there was the feast of Booths, and the Passover feast. Now, sometimes because traveling was difficult back then. Sometimes they may miss one. They may miss the Feast of Pentecost or they may miss, miss the Feast of Booth. But they never missed the Passover, amen. It was the biggest one. It was the most prestigious one. And at the Feast of the Passover, their families would usually attend with them. And so it was a really big deal. And they didn't want to miss that. By the way, it didn't matter what they had going on. When it came, t- when it came time to get there for the, the, the feast of the Passover, they dropped what they were doing, and it became first things first, right? First things first. <laughs> I think about that in church a lot. Do we put first things first? When it comes to our Sundays, when it comes to gathering together and assembling together. Just this morning, I was on Facebook, and by the way, I want to welcome all of you guys watching on um, the church page, on the Facebook page today. We welcome you here today. But this morning, I was, I started looking at it before I was um, preparing just for a couple of minutes, and I saw a lot of my buddies. They were headed to the lake. They were headed to go fishing this morning. And I thought, man, it's not first things first. They're not dropping everything because of Sunday morning service. They're just continuing doing those things that they did yesterday and the day before. How important is Sunday morning to you? I mean I mean it's only one day out of seven. How important is that and, and I can just say it's really important for you guys because you're here, amen <laughs> you can fact you can say amen to that, but for a lot of us, um, we're not here today, and listen, I understand that I, I get that, I know we're traveling, I know the pandemic and all of that, I understand that I get that, but I'm just saying here everything was dropped. it was very important to go and assemble to go and. It was of the utmost importance to them. Mary and Joseph had a young son in the house. This young son would have been able to preach better than any preacher, even at the age of 12. He had more wisdom and knowledge than any theologian, even at the age of 12. They could have stayed home and just listened to Jesus preach, amen, and even at the age of 12, but they chose not to, they still went to the church. They, they still went. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our own assembling together. I mean, actually, I want God's blessings on my life, so I want to be obedient to that. Amen. And I know we all do. Like I said, we are here Today. So the family stayed the full seven days. The full seven days they stayed. Even though only two days was really necessary, then they departed for home. They stayed the full seven days. Verse 43, And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were, were unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan in one day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. So they head out supposing that Jesus is in the caravan. Hmm. As I read this passage, it really struck me, it really says a lot about the boy Jesus, doesn't it? I mean, just think about it. It really says a lot. How many of you guys would travel a whole day not knowing where your daughter or where your son was at? <laughs> I mean, you know, we, I, I would think after 30 minutes, somebody would say, okay, what, what car, where's he at? What car's he in? Who's in there with him? Uh, send him in a text, uh, you know, and everything else. We would be, We would know exactly where our son or where our daughter was located, right, if we were traveling. But this really says a lot about the boy Jesus here. It says a lot about his character here. They obviously knew he wouldn't be in some kind of mischief anywhere, amen. They obviously knew that he wouldn't be up to no good somewhere, amen. I mean, just think about it. Even at 12 years old, no sin. No sin. No sin. Think about your life at 12 years old. <laughs> you may not want to think too long, amen. I think about my life at 12 years old. I'm sure I was disobedient to my parents, maybe not so much on the outside, but I was probably thinking it on the inside, amen. Don't look at me, I was spiritual. I know you guys. I'm sure I was stealing my brother's cookie or something at 12 years old. You know, that's called stealing. But at 12 years old, no sin. 15 years old, no sin. 17 years old, no sin. 21, no sin. And then on and on and on. It says a lot about Jesus as a youngster here. By the way, she would have remembered the conversation she'd had with the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1. She would have remembered that. that that's found in 33, 33. Let me read it real quick. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can, it, how can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. She knew who she had. She knew what she had. Amen. Yet here they are. They have gone a whole day's journey, and then they realize, "Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus?" They frantically start running around and asking everybody that's close to them, asking people in the caravan, probably going from wagon to wagon to wagon. "Where's "Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus?" Then they realize he's nowhere to be found. They realize they must have left Jesus back in Jerusalem. You know, I could kind of camp out right here for a week. (laughs) They realize they have ran off and left Jesus. Wow. How many times have I ran off and left Jesus? How many times... Have you, sir, and you, ma'am, ran off and left Jesus. Now, I know that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I can't physically just run off and leave. He's a, I'm indwelled, amen. But you get my point. You know what I'm saying here. How many times? I mean, at least they realize it at the end of the day, right, Amen. But sometimes, and for me, and maybe sometimes for for you guys, we go weeks. We go even longer than that. Things have to fall apart. Marriages have to break down. Relationships have to get destroyed. Jobs have to get lost. Houses foreclosed on. We have to look around at the carnage and at the pieces of our life before we cry out, Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? We have to get inflicted with some kind of disease. We have to lose the form or maybe even watch a loved one die before the hard realization hits us. Where's Jesus? Sometimes we have to get to the bottom of our barrel, right? We have to see ourselves for who we are up against who He is. We have to experience that. We have to understand that. We have to, we have to realize that. Man, I'm away from Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Sometimes we have to come up to something so horrible, some kind of situation that jolts us awake and that makes us uh, come into the comprehension, the, the realization that I can't do this without Him, I can't get through this without Him, that we're the ones that's lost without Him, that life itself is impossible without Him. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? How many times, how many times, how many times has this happened? I just have to look at my own life. You know, once I I got serious about God, at least they realized it at the end of the day. But before I got serious about God, I would stay out there I would be wandering out there for weeks and weeks and sometimes months, maybe even longer than that, just wandering around before something happened and I came to the realization, that, oh my goodness, I have to have left Jesus somewhere. Where's Jesus at? Amen. At least they figured it out in one day. I know that we're talking about two totally kind of different things here, but you can see the parallel that we're talking about. I mean, some of us, we think it's almost impossible to find Jesus, that we've done things so bad that He's left us for good and that it takes a certain amount of time to relocate Him or, or get back to Him. And maybe i got to do some stuff to get on His good side and before, before I can get back to Him. But you know what all you have to do? You know what all you have to do? Turn around. That's all you have to do. It's just turn around. I, actually, that's called re- repentance. Uh, repentance is a change of direction. Repentance means if you, we use the example of the about face in the military to show a sight picture of what repentance is, When you're going this way, you do the about face and you turn and go this way. Repentance is to change direction. That's what it is. That's all he's saying here is you just have to turn around. Jesus is sitting there saying, come to me. Oh, who, just come to me. Just come to me. But a lot of us think, oh, no, I've done something so bad. I, I can never get back to him. He'll never take me back. Look what I've done. Pastor, listen, I minister to inmates. I hear all kinds of stories, all kinds of things that they've done, and it's the worst of the worst, believe me. And you know what I tell them? I tell them the same thing I'm telling us today. Just turn around. Just turn around. He's waiting. He's waiting. And that's all we have to do. We have to stop continuing to go in one direction and turn around and go back to Him. That's what Mary and Joseph did. That was the result of what they were going through. That's what it says. Let me, let me read it. When they did not find Him, they returned to they returned. To Drew, they went back. They turned around. Amen. Just remember, He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Verse 46. Then after three days, they found Him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. They found Him sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking questions. Questions. Watch this. For you guys on Facebook, watch this. Don't miss this. He was sitting with the scholars. He was sitting with the experts in Judaism. He was sitting with the doctors, the rabbis. He was not standing to the side. He wasn't standing behind the crowd. He wasn't leaned up against the wall. He was sitting in their midst of them. He was sitting in the middle of them. That means they had accepted him at least on their level as one of them. Mentally. Knowledgeably. He was 12 years old. He, he was 12 years old. They had accepted him into that that click of knowledge that hardly nobody else could get into. Even at 12 years old that's just incredible to me when i think about it the knowledge and wisdom that jesus had it says it was astounding them they couldn't believe it and so they allowed him to sit in the middle as as one of their at least one of their equals but i think it bypasses that i think it goes beyond that because they were astonished at his knowledge you see, He was telling them things that just blew their mind at 12 years old. Wow. Verse 52 says, Jesus was increasing in wisdom and statue. He was increasing in wisdom and statue. He was fully God yet fully man. Fully God, yet fully man somehow. Don't ask me to explain that. Who can? If somebody can explain that, then take, run, right? Amen? But he was fully God, yet fully man. But there's no indication that he had all knowledge and wisdom from birth. When I first started thinking about Jesus in Christmas when I was younger and I didn't have much wisdom or knowledge myself not that i have a lot now amen but when i was first thinking about that i just thought like he knew everything from the start you know he's he's god fully god and he knew everything but that's not the case because the bible says that he was increasing he was increasing It says, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, and that he was increasing. In verse 52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So there's no indication that he had all knowledge and wisdom from birth. But let me ask you a question What happens when you go to church? Do you increase in wisdom and knowledge? Do you increase when you go to church? I know it may be hard today to increase because I'm the one that's preaching, amen. But next Sunday, Pastor Marvin will be back. He's got all the wisdom and knowledge. I pray that you increase at least then, amen. But whenever I go to church, do I increase? Why do I go to church? What's my reason for going to church? I used to think about that a lot because when I was younger I didn't go to church to increase. I went to church because it was expected of me to go to church. I went to church because it was Sunday. And that's what church that's what Christians do. They go to church because it's on Sunday. I go I went to church to check it off the list, to mark it off, check it off the box. That's why I went to church because my mom and dad went to church. I was raised going to church. You go to church but I didn't go to increase. I went to church to be seen. I sat in the back row for years just so I could sleep and the pastor not see me. And that's horrible. Now, here I am a preacher of God's Word now. <laughs> and I'm sitting here telling you that. But it's the truth. Listen, I wasn't always a preacher. I didn't wake up one day and decide to be a preacher. Who wants to be a preacher? God woke me up one day, and this is his doing, so blame him, amen? But I didn't go to church to increase. Do you come to church to increase, or do you come to church and, and think about what's going on after church? You think about what you're going to do, where you're going to eat, what's going on work to tomorrow, work tomorrow, what am I cooking, where are we going to vacation? Uh, some, I see some people making lists out of, Of Just stuff to do during the day during church. I see some people who are on Facebook during church. I see doing all kind of activities in church. Doing anything but increasing. Doing anything but increasing. I pray next Sunday when Pastor Marvin gets here, you come to church to increase. To grow in your faith to get closer to Him, to learn more about Him, to have that burning desire to know Him in a deeper way. That was Paul's one desire, was to just know Him deeper. Just know Him deeper. That ought to be all of our desire, actually. I just want to know Him deeper in a more intimate way. Amen. Amen. Jesus could have been he could have been doing a number of things when they found him. He could have been doing all kinds of stuff. He could have been out in the courtyard playing with other kids. I mean, he's 12 years old. He could, have been, he, he could have been doing a number of things that had no substance to it. But where was he? He was found actively taking part, actively engaged in Bible study. He was actively engaged in church. He could have been out playing baseball. He could have been out playing kickball. He could have been running around with all the kids and doing stuff like that. No, where was Jesus? He was in the church. Why? Because church was serious stuff to Jesus. Even at 12 years old, it was serious stuff. It, it wasn't nothing to be scoffed at. It wasn't nothing nothing to be planning outside activities and stuff at. Listen, he took it seriously. This Jesus did, even at 12. And really, quite frankly, we should take it serious too. I mean, this wasn't a vacation for him. Yeah, he had traveled away from his home to a place far off and and... and and with, with other 12 year old boys and, and other people, and it could have been like a vacation to him. It, it would have been like a vacation to probably some of us. But church was serious stuff to him. Jesus is our example. It ought to be serious to us. Amen. And again, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here today. You're here today. But I hope, hopefully, I'm encouraging you to continue. To put church first, amen? But yes, it was serious to him. By the way, uh, whenever I go on vacation, this is just me personally. You know, usually a vacation lasts during, uh, it's, it's on the weekend sometimes. Wherever we go, I always pick out a church. I may go to it by myself, but I'm going to church on Sunday. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care where I'm. I'm on vacation. Who cares? I can't take vacation from God. How do you do that? And maybe I'm a little radical. Maybe I'm a little over the top. You know, listen, I'm not trying to be legalistic. Here this morning and say, "Well, you can't miss one day at church. Da, 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 da. It's just I have a desire to go and worship with others. I have a desire to get around other corporate worshipers and worship my Lord. I have a desire to increase. I have a desire to go and listen to a different pastor preach and, and, and check, the, check the praise team out, and I have a desire to go do that. I don't want to take time off on vacation when that's, that's what I love. Jesus wasn't on a vacation. He made sure that it was first things first. They found him in the church. They found him in the church. He wasn't playing games. He wasn't looking around. He, do, he was taking it serious. And really, church is a very serious place. Why? Because heaven and hell, for some, literally hangs in the balance, even in here. I mean, you can't get any more serious than that. You, you just can't. Uh, church, is a, I heard church is a place for the broken. There's a hospital for the broken. There's a lot of broken people here today. I'm broken. I'm a broken person. We all get broken. This is where we come to heal, amen. This is where we come to get a word from God. This is where we come to get encouraged and be an encouragement. Verse 48. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. (laughs) Mary, Mary. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. You know, when I read this, I thought it interesting. I had a thought. It was just interesting to me that Jesus' mom, not his dad, right? His mom was the one that was questioning Jesus. Did you notice that? His mom is the one that questions, is questioning him. But I guess that really kind of makes sense, though, because, see, Joseph had just the title of dad. He just had the earthly title of dad but mary was his birth mom see what i'm saying so it makes sense that she would have been a little more closer to him 49 and he said why is it that you were looking for me did you not know that i had to be in my father's house did you not know that i had to be in my father's house Quite frankly, he couldn't fathom being anywhere else, could he? I mean, you could just—it just oozes out of the text here. He couldn't fathom being—he's like, where did you expect me to be? Where did you think I was going? He was twelve years old. Where did you think I was going to be? He couldn't fathom being anywhere else. anywhere else, nothing, no other place ever crossed his mind. And you know, if we're saved. We too have a heavenly Father, amen. We have an earthly dad, but a heavenly Father. I pray that when we go to church from now, we're excited to go to church, amen. I pray that we think about this passage right here and that we're excited to come to our Father's house. Maybe you're here today because you, you have run off and left Jesus somewhere along the way. Let me just tell you, it's never too late. It's never too late. To get back to Jesus. It's never too late to get back to Jesus. Like I said, all you have to do is turn around. You just turn around. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. You know, I read something. I, I, I read something. I was going to read it because it, it just, it, it's not about the passage. But I think what I'm going to do here is I, I may read something here. Let me look. This is what caught my eye. It says the shepherds stood in wonder at Jesus' birth. The soldiers stood in wonder at Jesus' death. The witnesses stood in wonder at Jesus' resurrection. Someday the whole wide world will stand in wonder. At Jesus' return. Amen. Because we talk about him so much as a little baby. But you know what? He's coming back one day. He is coming back one day. And this is what's going to happen after we're raptured and the seven-year tribulation and all of that. And check this out. Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to read. Verse 11 through 16. It says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a, white, with a, white, with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called Word of God. Verse 14, And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. One day, ooh, he is coming back. And he's going to be on a horse, and we're going to be on. Uh, he, we're going to be riding behind him, amen. One day, one day, one day. People just think of Jesus as the meek little baby boy. One day he's going to come back and rule with a fist of iron. One day. We're going to be reigning with him. One day. As we have in our invitation today. I know this has been a simple kind of service today for me. I mean, a simple message, but I know at times every one of us are prone to step off the path. At times, every one of us leaves Jesus behind. I just think it's so important to realize that very quick when we do. You know, what God does whenever... We sin as He convicts us of that sin. He convicts us and then we repent and He restores that relationship. The thing is, if we don't repent after He convicts us, if we just keep going our own direction in our own way and we start hanging out there for weeks and months and all of that, we, we're not getting God's direction. We're not getting God's guidance. We're not getting God's wisdom. We're not getting any of that stuff that he brings to the table every day. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but I need it not every day, but every second. I I don't need to have my relationship messed up ever. And so now when I sin and God convicts me, I want to repent of that real quick. I want to get my relationship restored real fast because I need that direction. I need that wise counsel. I need that wisdom from him. So I don't want to be out there wandering around and, and messing up my life With no help. And so it's my prayer today that if there's anything going on in our lives and maybe we're just not where we need to be right with with Him, maybe we just need to turn around. Maybe we just need to come to the altar and pray and just run back to Him. I don't know how else to say it. But just run back to Him. Just turn around and run in His arms. So please stand, if you will. Nobody wants a life without God's direction. Nobody wants a life where we're not hearing from God. Remember, he says in Psalms, if you regard wickedness in your heart, I will not hear your prayers. if you regard sin in your heart, if you have unconfessed sin in your life, He ain't hearing your prayers. I need Him way too bad in my life to not have Him hear my prayers. So let's bow our heads. And if you would like to come up Please come up if you'd like me to pray for you. I'll be glad to do that.
1: on you I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry when I just sing another song take me back to where we started I open up sorry and I forgot the joy
0: Christmas songs. The day after Christmas. Amen. Just remember, for the Christian every day is Christmas. Amen. I wish you well. I pray you go out and God just prospers you this week. God blesses you this week. Go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all may be dismissed.